so welcome to the podcast. And today's guest is Melissa Mitchell Blitch, who I've known for a while. When was uh, I think the first thing we met at was an event we did in Atlanta, probably more than a decade ago. <laughs> it's, it's been a while ago. <clears throat> and um, Melissa wrote a book called In the Company of Family, How to Thrive When Business is Personal, that I just think is phenomenal. And uh, so we want to talk about that and some of the other things. So just to get started, you know, I know you, but they don't probably, or a lot of people who are on the listening to the podcast may not know who you are. Can you just give us a little who you are and what you do? Uh, background? Well, I will tell you that I'm a family business consultant and a family wealth consultant, but I did not start out here. Quick summary, I started out working at a big five accounting firm, earned my stripes and going through a compliance season and then got to move over to the consulting work, which I really enjoyed. Worked in the family wealth planning where our families had had tremendous financial success, always as a result of a family business. They may or may not own it anymore, but they had intertwined, financially intertwined lives that just added a complexity to their relationships. And I wished they had somebody to help them with those complexities. I wish us, I was a CP, I was on the CPA track, financial advisor, us as the technical advisors had someone to help us not only plan for the assets, but to plan for the assets in a way that made sense for the family dynamics and the personalities. But in the late 90s, going to the World Wide Web, I could not find that type of professional. I hoped they existed, but I couldn't find them. And so after about three years, I felt like, you know, God, is this you? Is this my call in life? And I felt like the answer was yes. So I left finance in 2003, got a master's in psychology, licensed as a counselor, preparing to be that person. Primarily, he works with families, families of wealth, families in business, but also to the degree that I'm welcomed in is a sounding board for those advisors who not only want to get their job right by the assets, but by the people to help them consider how family dynamics and personality and other you know, people-related matters may impact and be impacted by the financial and estate planning. And it's amazing how many people who grew up in, of course, I'm a recovering attorney who grew up in the accounting attorney. It's all about the numbers and, you know, and, and not about the people. And you don't, you don't even think about how they intertwine. And then when you add the complexity of our money is all in twice, you know, our wealth is connected together. Um, it's a completely different world. And, and you're right. I mean, I, you know, our timing is about the same. I started doing heritage work, in uh, in the late 90s and uh, formed heritage in 2003 so you know and for the same reason there wasn't anybody doing this <laughs> so um now so when did you start thinking about writing the book because i know you you've been doing this for quite a while before you know you wrote yeah. this yeah and I would often be told, you must have some stories. You should write a book. And I would think, I have some stories. I have no desire to write a book. <laughs> <laughs> and then one day, in just some quiet, reflective time, I heard the words, write a book on boundaries for families and business. And I thought, I want to write a book. And there are great books out there on boundaries. I love Henry Cloud and John right. Townsend's classic on boundaries. I've literally given it away by the cases. And I was like, yeah, I'm not going to top that. Why? And every time I, I just kind of came to realize there are great books out there about boundaries, but family business is so unique. So write a book that just really serves it up. Here's what boundaries look like in a family business context. Here's how building better boundaries can help you 
in a family business context, again, it's it's so complex. Make it simple for them to know how to utilize these principles. And that, that really is an art um, when you can take the complex and make it simple. And that's one of the things that I really appreciate about the book. So tell us a little bit about um, the book is story version. You know, so each each chapter or each section is is a story that um, I'm guessing that um, although it may not all be the same family, they're all things that actually happened, <laughs> you know, and get intertwined. I, I, in fact, I remember reading in the very front of the book, uh, you know, it's all there, but it's not all you're not going to see which family it is. Right. There is a disclosure at the front of the book to say, yes, this all happened. It all happened in real families. Um, So if you can relate to it, know that you're not the only one on the planet, but out of respect for confidentiality and privacy, you know, names have been changed. Um, You know, some of the stories are compilations of of families just to help in telling the story. But at the end of the day, this really did happen to another family. And if you can relate, here's how the principles of boundaries helps them. Here's how the principles and boundaries can help you navigate challenges that you're facing. And I emphasize there are principles of boundaries. There are not rules or formulas. Principles guide us, you know, and help understanding what the principles are and getting some skill at how to apply them, all of them, (laughs) collectively, as opposed to one size fits all with this principle, really is the art of building better boundaries is to know how to let those principles be guides in unique, sometimes complex, challenging decisions and, and situations. And it's interesting. Uh, and one of the things I appreciated as I read through the book, um, you can have the same basic fact pattern, but the principles apply are completely different based on personalities and you know so many other, other things that are out there. So there is no one size fits all. It depends. It depends. It depends. Right. <laughs> and even some of the principles, you know, kind of tug against themselves. I talk in one chapter about fair, firm, and friendly. You know, healthy boundaries are fair, they are firm, and they are friendly. And then you go several more chapters in the book, and I'm like, oh, yeah, there's another F. It's flexible. But most folks don't struggle with flexible boundaries. Most folks struggle with fair, firm, and friendly boundaries. Right. But those things, firm and flexible, their intention amongst themselves. But again, it's not a rule. It's just principles. Which ones apply the best to the situation to help you create you know, a desirable outcome? Yeah. So as you're writing the book, um, what was your, like, we use the term desired outcome. What was your desired outcome for writing the book? When people read it, what did you want people to get out of it or be a resource for? I wanted to impact people. (laughs) And so I did everything to make it accessible. I kept, as I wrote the book, I would say clear, concise, and compelling, clear, concise, and compelling. Again, serve it up to them. So it is clear. They understand how these, you know, the principles relate to these back patterns it is compelling it shows them what is possible you know you're not going to take away all the complexities from a family business but what is possible as we use these principles of boundaries because i i didn't write a book to be read i shared content to be applied to lives because i've seen the practice of boundaries transform my own life and transform the lives of countless clients and so i really want this to be this book to be a vehicle to help families transform their relationships with themselves and and with each other because as we do that um, as the the title says you know helping them to thrive as a family in a business not to feel like 
We have to sacrifice one for the other, but to have some principles to help them to the extent possible to thrive as both, because I think it is possible. And you did a great job of the balance because on the one hand, it's got to be entertaining. I mean, readable, but you don't want somebody to just read it and go, Oh, that was fun. Right. <laughs> I mean, so I, and I think that's one of the things that appreciated about the stories because the stories do make it real. These are real families that are the real same problems that you did. And this is how they did it. It's not now yours. One of the things that I don't how you did it subtly all the way through, none of these are going to be exactly you. Right. I mean, like you said, these are principles and they're not, there's not one that you're just going to, oh, yeah, that's us. We just need to follow what they did, uh, which I think is, is brilliant. Um, <clears throat> so the, Rob, I'll jump in and just say that, you know, the, the chapters of story cover different, you know, challenges and opportunities, decisions that families in business face, like succession, um, cognitive decline, you know, those sorts of things that families can, can face to show them, you know, situations that these principles can help guide in, but to help them to not just kind of finish a chapter and say, well, that was interesting. You'll probably re remember at the end of every chapter's questions, right. hopefully thought-provoking questions. Now, what about you? Right. And there's maybe five to seven questions, and it even includes a rating for this principle, like bear from friendly, you know, how does your family do? How do you tend to do with this principle? So um, apply it, apply it, apply it, apply it. It was very intentional throughout the book. And that's what, that's what anchors it in. You know, when you get to the end of those chapters and you, you take it out of the abstract and go, what about you? <laughs> oh yeah. Not we have the story for you to reflect on you. <laughs> that's right. Yes. That's right. <laughs> so, um, and then what would you say are a few of the really key points of the book? You know, if somebody's mm -hmm. going, you know, which I'd really be looking for, why would I, why would I want to read this? What are the key points that you would? The first thing that comes to mind really is um, addressing a myth about boundaries. You know, some people think, you know, boundaries are mean. They're about putting up walls. They're about, you know, kind of being rigid against other people. Boundaries are life-giving. They are meant to let in the good and protect against the bad. And don't we want things in our life that do that? Yes, we do. <laughs> so boundaries are about relationships. We really can't have a healthy relationship if we don't have healthy boundaries. So that's the first thing um, that I hope to, to dispel. But some of the kind of the golden nuggets, the principles that folks tend to get a lot of traction out of are understanding the difference between uh, being responsible for someone Right. versus responsible to, to someone, yeah. understanding true uh, versus false guilt. Those are, are a couple of the, the big ones that folks tend to get a lot of impact from understanding. Yeah, I actually, okay, I don't know if this is legal or not, but I actually copied that co that section on four and two and sent it to one of my clients. Go, okay. You are forgiven. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I knew I wouldn't read the whole book. I said, read this, and then you can read the rest of the yeah. book, but, you know, yes. and, because that was exactly what was going on. You know, uh, he had taken on a responsibility that wasn't his responsibility. Um, and Responsibility is is really a fixed quantity. 
if I pay your mortgage, you cannot pay your mortgage. If I take out the trash for you, you can't take out the trash for you. Right. So responsibility really is finite. And so if I am being overly responsive to someone, really taking responsibility for them, doing the things for them that they are capable of doing themselves, it robs them of the opportunity to be responsible for themselves, um, which is a, an important part of adult adult development. So watching out for that teeter-totter, we want to be responsive to people. We care about them. We all need relationships. We need help and support, but not taking responsibility for others, for things that they are capable and probably need to do themselves is important. And when I read it, uh, one of the things that triggered with me is we use a lot, we talked a lot about uh, experiential learning, you know, that what is it that's uh, Franklin's quote about uh, tell me and I'll forget, teach me and I may remember, but it, you know, uh, involve me and I'll, I will remember. And, and by taking on things that other people could do, you're taking away that opportunity for them to grow, which I don't think we think about as we're trying to help people <laughs> that, you know, maybe by helping too much, you know, you aren't really helping. Um, Is that importance of calibrating support and challenge? Right. We don't grow if we are not challenged. We stagnate. And so we need support to grow, encouragement, resources, et cetera. But we also need challenge or we will not grow. So is there a favorite theme or chapter for you? I'm a big fan of that responsibility chapter. Mm-hmm. It was a very hard one to write because it's not the easiest. One of the things that I found during the book is I teach this all the time. You know, I use it all the time. I've written blogs on it. But when you are putting something down into a tangible product that you can't easily come back to and say, oh, yeah, and this and that and the other, I found that some of the chapters were really hard to feel like I'd articulated to the degree of clarity that I wanted to. And that responsibility chapter is, is one of them. It's so much easier to explain in a didactic conversation, but responsibility because, you know, knowing what we're responsible for and what we're not responsible for. Again, I care how my choices impact the feelings of other people, but I cannot control their feelings. So I can be responsive to the emotional impact, but It really doesn't serve either of us if I take responsibility for their emotions. Things will happen in life that disappoint us. That is okay. You know, one of the important emotional intelligence skills is learning distress tolerance, learning how to deal with the disappointments in life. And if if someone I love can be the one to disappoint me and, you know, create an opportunity for me to need to learn to, to do that, that's a much better situation than somebody else in the world who doesn't care about me and is insensitive to the pain their choices have, have caused. It's better to learn how to handle the no of others, respect the no of others when it's given to us by somebody who actually cares about us. Yeah, being sensitive and being responsible are two completely different worlds. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we don't always make that distinction very well in the moment. Uh, and that's, <laughs> it can be so life-giving for someone to realize, oh, yes, I can care that this situation disappointed you or hurt you. I can care about that, but it doesn't mean the decision is wrong. It can actually be the best decision, even for you. Right. I think, you know, before we get started, I, I told you when I was reading through it, the one that just jumped out and, and bit me was uh, uh, chapter three, which is good, good in and bad out. And uh, I love the quote at the beginning of the chapter that says, all the mistakes I ever made uh, were when I wanted to say no, but said yes. <laughs> I thought, 
wow, that is so true. <laughs> and just starting there, you know, and then going into to how the book works was, was pretty amazing. So what kind of responses are you getting from the book? Now, how long does, has this been out now? It's been out about a year, hasn't it? Coming out two years. Two years? Okay. Yeah, two that years. pandemic thing kind of condensed time. <laughs> I am getting feedback that it is impacting people. You know, it's written for families and business, but advisors have read it and, you know, other folks have come across it and read it to hear that it is impacting people. One um, wholesaler in the investment world, he had read it and he's like, this helped my wife and I with our infant son who's taking swimming lessons, understanding hurt versus harm, which is another one of those golden mm-hmm. nuggets that get a lot of um, mileage out of. I, I shared it. He said, I shared it with my wife and told her, you know, our son is upset because he's a, you know, he's an infant in the water learning how to swim. He is hurting. He's, he's afraid that he is supported, you know, with the guy there teaching him how to survive if he gets in water. So he's not harmed and dead, you right. know, and he's like, oh, okay. Okay. You know, so to hear how these principles are life-giving to families and business advisors and other folks to hear that it's having that impact that I hope it would have. It wouldn't just be a, a book that someone read and then put on the shelf, but it's something that people apply to their life in very practical, impactful ways. That That is super exciting for me. Yeah. And and the fact that it is, you know, in the context of family businesses, um, the principles fit all over. I mean, it, it's not limited to just family business. In fact, I had one uh, one guy that I was giving the book to, and or I told him to to, to buy it. So I, there, I, I made up for it. I sold one for you. Uh, and, uh, Thank you very much. And uh, and he said, "Well, we don't have a business anymore." I go, "It doesn't matter. Read the book, and you'll see why." And he called me back, and he said, "Would have loved to had this when we did have the business, but we still have a lot of the same con- you know, issues. I don't have to deal with am I hiring one of the kids or not, or nephews or whatever. But we still do have the inner." connections and all that that this talks about and so you know he thanked me for it and and he said he said i almost didn't read it because business wasn't you know we weren't in business and and that he put that Mm -hmm. kind of box around it but the principles here i don't care if you're in business or you're even if you're not even joined doing financial things together families are families and organizations i mean it fits a lot of different places um Okay, so I, I did talk earlier about this when you and I were talking. I love the storytelling model. I mean, that's how I learn by stories. I teach by stories. Um, what prompted you to, to write the book this way? Hmm. Probably simply knowing just that, that we okay. learn well through stories and wanting, again, to serve it up for families and business. Because, um, again, the Cloud and Townsend, my favorite book on boundaries. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got to make the bridge because I don't think any of the examples in there are families and business. I wanted to, you know, serve up those family business vignettes so folks can see exactly, oh, you know, this crazy situation, this challenging situation, here's how those principles of boundaries can illuminate to bring some clarity, to bring some simplicity, and to bring some wisdom to know how to, to navigate the situation. Right. Right. So, okay, if you were... Part of the, the big answer to this question is going to be everybody. But if you were ident- identifying who you would say really needs to read this book, who would you put at the top of the list or the f- first couple on the list? Well, it seems like a rhetorical question, um, but families and business, it is written specifically to them. And so who do I mean by that? Of course, you know, the owners, all generations, but even those non-family employees <laughs> who are in the midst right. of this. 
they are sharing the, you know, they're in the same boat with the families and it can be even more challenging for them, you know, working in a family business and not being a family member is a different scenario in and of itself. And also um, I would add to that advisors who serve families and business because they, like me, they see the complexities of this. And I've done some trainings specifically for advisors, you know, like help, I'm not a counselor, you know, but here are some things that you can use in your questions and even your comments to your clients to help give them little nuggets, mm-hmm. you know, to, to make a difference because it can be a leap for a family business to get to someone like me who really specializes in this stuff. So really the advisors are often that front line to, it could be, you know, to share a piece of the book. You have my permission to recommend the book or even to say, you know, how do you know what your responsibility is here? Or I wonder if that's true guilt or false guilt. You'd have to explain that one, you know, or hurt versus harm. If an advisor can learn some of these things and be that first line of defense to even plant seeds that, oh my goodness, interesting. I'd never thought about that. So, of course, the families in business, the non-family employees and advisors who serve them. And, you know, and, and I took it a, a step further with a, with a CPA friend of mine who really just does the numbers. I mean, he doesn't do really planning. He does the numbers part of it. But I told him, you know, he should read the book because he's working with the family and it does make a difference even when he's just doing the numbers of working with those people, because he said, I've had people that come in, they're all upset about things and it has nothing to do with the taxes. I go, but does it impact what you do? It does. And it does, does. you know? And so even the fact that he's not the one that's actually going to be in the family meeting, doing the family meeting stuff, I, you know, I, I thought it was, it was good for even us old estate planning attorneys and people like that, that, you know, that deal with the people, even if they're not going to be in the family meetings, but they're working with that dynamic, whether they like it or not. I mean, it's, it's there because it doesn't go away. Uh, So. Whatever the technical advisors are dealing with, you know, it is impacted by, and it will impact the people. So you don't have to be an expert. You don't have to be a counselor, but if you can have some things to understand that interplay, it can, it can be helpful. Right. And, And just to recognize some of them. I mean, that's, that's the other piece about this, you know, reading it so you can recognize when you see it. Mm-hmm. And empathy. Right. You know, we, we only know what we don't, what we know. So if we haven't worked in the family business, it's easy to say, you know, it's, it's just, it's not that personal, it's business, right. you know? <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, so it could also enhance empathy, which is always good. Yeah. Uh, yeah we, <clears throat> that's one of those things that, that until you've been there sometimes, you you're not there i mean you may have a picture of it but you're not there and so yeah that i think that's great for that so what did i miss here what uh, what else would you like <clears throat> people who are thinking about well both families and the people who work with those families um to know about the book well <clears throat> i it's hard to share with others what we haven't experienced ourselves And so even reading the book, like you said earlier, you know, and you and I talked earlier, if you're in a a relationship, there are boundaries. (laughs) If the relationship is not what you want it to be, likely, you know, working on those boundaries could help it to be better. So if you're in a relationship, (laughs) you could read this book and learn more about the principles of boundaries or any book, you know, to learn about the principles of boundaries. But if you have personal or professional, you know, exposure to families and business, this is the one that tailors to that audience. Learn about boundaries, 
start to apply those principles to your own life because then you have it you have some substance to share with others about how it impacted you that's the best you know testimony to encourage others to learn more about boundaries and do some work themselves is you know look at something this simple of watching out for that balance of being responsive versus re taking responsibility for others look how that made a difference in my life that's going to be able to encourage um, others I'll add one, <clears throat> excuse me, because I had a young couple that was getting married and I told them they should read the book and they go, we don't have a business. I go, you're, you're mixing your money. You're going to be do making decisions together. That's a business. I mean, you, you two together, you know, there's principles in here that are going to impact you, just the two of you. Uh, and uh, it's not all of it, but there's, there are pieces in there that I think are applicable to pretty much any connection. Mm -hmm. uh, so I am in agreement. Cool. Well, I'm sorry it took so long to get you on here, but thank you very much for being here. Now, how do people get a hold of you or where or the book? You have like a website. The book or... is available on Amazon. Okay. My my website is my name, Melissa Mitchell Blitch, no hyphens in there, dot com. Would love for folks to reach out. I'd love to hear what their takeaways are, what their questions are. Again, my goal was not to write a book and not to give somebody the experience of simply reading a book, but to create a tool that could genuinely be impactful. It's something that they can apply. You can read a chapter and apply it that day. Right. To apply it because for me, I love transformation. I love significant growth. That takes time. And for me, really, the formula for transformation is information plus application over time is transformation. So take a little nugget apply it over time and you will see the trajectory of health, you know, relational health in improve. So I'm all about impact and application and would love to hear again, questions, comments from, from the book would welcome folks to reach out to me. I'm a fan of the Heritage Institute. As you know, I've gone through one of the trainings, yeah. um, and have several, quite a few friends within the Institute. So it's a pleasure to be here and share with your community. I appreciate the invitation.